as we sit here, we can contemplate the four worldly winds or the eight worldly winds, which influence us every day of pleasure, pain, uh, disrepute, fame, uh, criticism, praise, and gain and loss. We can see that being born into this world, we're subject not only to these eight conditions, but also to the ups and downs, the difficulties associated simply with having a body. How we initially might gain pleasure from the various things we can enjoy with the body, but that eventually it decays, it grows ill, and we experience suffering from it as well. The worldly Dhamma, the condition of living in the world is like this. All things come in pairs of pleasures and pains, and the body is a especially potent point with, uh, in terms of living in this world and as a powerful condition. The dukkha or suffering we experience in this world is due to the kilesa, uh, greed, hatred, and aversion. But when we engage in the practice, we learn how to let go of these defilements little by little and thereby also let go of our suffering. One powerful way to lighten the kalesa, the defilements in us, is to practice giving forgiveness to those around us, both people and animals. We reflect uh, in terms of all those surrounding us that, like us, they also are subject to all these difficulties in life, all the suffering, and this is just how it is to be born, that the negative actions we might see them doing, the harmful things we may see them engaging in, are their own comma and their own defilements, and in a sense, uh, are part of nature, are part of being born in the world. And this helps us forgive them and not hold in our hearts avarice towards these beings around us, but see them as friends and family in this condition of being in the world. Just as we have kilesa and defilements, so they do as well. And when we begin to forgive and relate to others, seeing the similarities between us and them, then the heart grows bright, luminous, and the mind becomes light. We can see how the Buddha, in his own life, practiced forgiveness in this way forgiving and developing 
or holding uh, attitude of loving kindness, even towards Devadatta, his cousin who repeatedly tried to murder him and cause schism within his following, who repeatedly swore to do as much damage as possible to the Buddha. And yet the Buddha, who had a pure heart, only responded with loving kindness and care. Our hearts are not yet pure in this way, and yet we can follow his example as best we can, forgive those around us, and develop goodwill. As we strengthen the four Brahma-viharas within our minds, the qualities of metta, loving-kindness, karuna, compassion, mudita, gladness, upekka, equanimity, then the heart becomes more than just that of a human. It rises and we find that our mind grows and our heart grows in its capacity and becomes what one could describe as the heart of a divine being, a devada, an angel. If we develop it even more, strengthening it further, then it can achieve the level of a Brahma, of a being that is composed of and abides in love and the boundless qualities of the Brahma-viharas. These are refined reflections, and yet they are not far away. Even the laity who are listening to this talk have just today in coming and offering various requisites to the monastics, have engaged and strengthened these qualities of the Brahma-viharas by giving the results and the fruits of one's hard work to the Sangha. One is developing metta, loving kindness, and strengthening these very same qualities which bring the heart to more refined levels of consciousness. The laity who have come here and practiced dhana in this way and also committed to holding good ethics or sila today and at the monastery and in their lives have begun to create a foundation for their practice which is solid and which can lead to all of these refined states. This is the basis of our practice. We learn to not bother others, to not hurt others. We keep Dhamma in our hearts and strengthen it through the qualities of ethics and giving. We bring the heart little by little from the level of simply that of a human being in body, uh, seeing as that's what we're born as, to a human being in mind and body when we begin to hold the five precepts. And as the heart is further strengthened and 
endowed with skillful qualities, it becomes that of a devada, an angel. And from there, uh, even higher levels can be attained through the practice. While we can rejoice in such development and work our best towards it, we must also reflect that even these wholesome paths and wholesome fruits are sankharas, they're conditioned phenomena, and therefore they're impermanent and will pass. No matter how skillful the qualities we endow the heart with, it will still change according to the law of anicca or impermanence. Goodness may come and if we don't protect it, it also may fade away. And happiness that comes from these skillful qualities may also over time fade. And this is why it's especially important to constantly put effort in the practice and develop these qualities more and more, harnessing the quality, the characteristic of impermanence uh, in a way to help us develop the heart uh, more and more towards the wholesome. And the Buddha said to keep this recollection of the changeability and uh, impermanence of samsara uh, regularly, to think about it regularly. We and beings in general rise within this cycle of birth and death and sometimes they also fall and enter into darker states and the buddha advised us to recollect this so that we would put forth effort in protecting our good qualities and developing more not becoming careless when we do good works the good common the fruits come and when we do bad, similarly, the results of that karma will come to us. We are constantly collecting the causes and the seeds for our future. Nothing escapes. So this is why the Buddha taught the Eightfold Path, a path to the end of all suffering, an end of the kilesas of greed, hatred, and aversion. Once born, we all experience different qualities and circumstances, and yet all of these will come from the heart and all the actions we take in life will also be stored in the heart and come to fruition as future karma. When we see others do harmful deeds, we can see and reflect that they will be the recipient of the effects and the negative results of those harmful deeds in their own future, that they are the owners of their karma. And by reflecting in this way, we can feel compassion and care even for those engaged in unwholesome or 
hateful acts around us, we understand that they are harming themselves as well as others. And we can see them as victims in this. And this helps us forgive and care even for those who it is usually hard to forgive and care for. So as we practice and work to develop the sila and ethics in our body and speech restraint, we also practice the formal meditation. We develop a concentration object to bring the mind to calm, samadhi. And this kamatana, this means of samatha or concentration, can bring the heart to a state of ease and happiness that's blameless. We recollect the Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha as our kamatana, for example, our meditation object. And this leads to the arising of pity or rapture, which can manifest experientially as the body feeling large, small, light, or as the hair standing on end even. And we begin to realize that though the world of the senses is a realm in which we can experience happiness and suffering based on our six senses, that the happiness developed in practice, this rapture, is of a different quality. It is much more wholesome and much more reliable and is based upon internal conditions and is therefore something that we should work to cultivate and develop and strengthen over time. <laughs>